third-party rankings are no guarantee of future investment success. Working with a highly rated advisor does not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a high level of performance. Investment performance is not an explicit criterion because clients' investment goals differ. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Generally, rankings are based on information prepared and submitted by the advisor. Statements saying that we told our clients to be out of the market in 2008 refer to recommendations made by MMWKM's principals while employed at Eagle Strategies LLC. The team that manages accounts at MMWKM are the same individuals with that responsibility at Eagle Strategies and at Cambridge Research from 2009 to 2011. MMWKM was created in 2011 and uses the same exit strategy. A more thorough disclosure of the criteria used in making these rankings is available by contacting NMWKM Advisors, LLC. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Money Matters. And here's your host, Ken Moray. We're in the money. We're in the money. We've got a lot of what it takes to get along. We are in the money, the skies are sunny, and old man recession, you are through, but you may be coming back. Well, hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to Money Matters with Ken Morafe, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe, and this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of retirement planning. We talk about the stock market. We talk about inflation. We talk about uh, social security, estate planning, insurance, you name it. We talk about it, and we try to have more fun than a human being should be allowed to have when talking about all this boring financial stuff. And this week's going to be no exception because we have perhaps the most boring show we have ever done lined up for you this week. <laughs> Jack hates it when I say that. Um, but before we go one step further, let me tell, let me introduce myself. I am Ken Morafe, the host of Money Matters with Ken Morafe. Thank you, Jack. And I am senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. I love it. Yes, I do. And we uh, are affirmed, as the name implies, we specialize in uh, in uh, retirement planning. We work with people who are over 50, who are retired, retiring soon, primarily. And if uh, that's you, this show is designed for you. Our website is rpoa.com. And uh, we work with over 6,000 beautiful, wonderful families around the country. We serve them. And our goals for our clients and for you listening to the show are, are uh, twofold. One, one is we want your money to last as long as you do. And secondly, we want you to have financial peace of mind. We want you to enjoy your second childhood without parental supervision. That's your retirement. Go play, have fun, enjoy. And if we can facilitate that for, for you, we would love to be able to. So our website, we have, uh, uh, you can podcast a show. We have videos, we have articles, we have all kinds of information. And again, the website is rpoa.com. So let me go over with you what we're going to talk about on this, our weekly excursion into the land of retirement planning. So in the first segment, I want to, uh, I've posed the question, which way is up? <laughs> and I don't know, I just kind of like that title. There are two schools of thought right now, and that's why we're seeing so much volatility in the markets. And that is that we are headed for a big, bad recession, or we're headed for prosperous times. And both arguments are logical. 
which one will be right. So I want to go through both of those with you, and uh, we'll talk about which one uh, makes the most sense and where do, you th where do we think we go from here. Now, also, uh, we're going to continue in our series of uh, developing your retirement plan. And we talked about in previous weeks about the first step, which is to set your goals. The second step is to know where you are so you can know where you are versus your goals. The third step is the one we're going to talk about, uh, uh, well, we talked about last week, which is uh, diversification and whether that is how you diversify. So now, uh, and, and I'm sorry, the third step was to determine how much risk is appropriate for you. And then the fourth step is to build the portfolio that matches the amount of risk that's appropriate for you. So that's what we're going to do this, this week. We're going to talk about how to diversify your portfolio given your risk profile. So we'll have that for you later on. Now, also, as we do every week, and uh, we talk about Social Security, we have number four in our Social Security strategies. Uh, and uh, if you have questions about Social Security, uh, then send me your questions. Uh, email them to me at rpoa.com. I will endeavor to answer those questions on the air for you. So we have two more questions this week to answer, and uh, we'll have some fun with that. Now, also, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, our foundational philosophy uh, is that growth is important, but protection of principle is even more important. We believe there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt. And we believe that, yes, you should buy, and yes, you should hold. So buy and hold is a good idea. However, we also believe that you should sell. And we have a strategy that's called invest and protect. This is the strategy that we used in 2008 to be out of the uh, equity markets for that entire year during the, uh, the, the, the credit market crash. So we want to talk about uh, our buy-hold myth number one, which is the counter to our strategy. People who don't believe what we do, who are buy and holders, uh, buy-hold myth number one is, hey, don't worry about it. The market always comes back. What are you, gonna, what are you so worried about? You're a long-term investor. Well, I, I'll, I tell you, I, I've seen how fast long-term investors become short-term investors. I saw that in Y2K in 2008, and uh, most likely the next bear market will turn all those long-termers into short-termers. So we don't want you to be all panicked out, and so we're going to talk about that later on in the show. And you know what, Jack? Most shows would stop right there. I mean, most shows would say, hey, if we did just that, we have done more than our listening audience could possibly want from a financial show. <laughs> Somebody stop me. <laughs> Don't you dare stop me. Because on this show, do we stop right there? No, we don't. We boldly go where no financial show has gone before. And therefore, at about 10 till, we will have our estate tip of the week. And this week, what we're going to talk about is the living trust. So the living trust, in my opinion, is the most underneeded, oversold, legal document in the history of uh, lawyers. So we're going to talk about, uh, uh, <laughs> what? Would you? In my opinion, yes. We're going to talk about uh, the living trust. Who needs it? Who doesn't? What it's all about? And give you our, our, our thoughts on it to help you to be an informed consumer. So we'll have that for you at about 10 till. So we have a fantastic show lined up for you. And I, uh, I hope and I know that you'll stay tuned for the entire program. So let's go over, let's start with, uh, you know, which way is up? Okay. So there are two countervailing arguments as to which way the stock market, and when I say that, I mean the S&P 500 index, okay? That's, that's the, uh, the equity market that, that we watch. So what, which way is it going to go? And there are two differing views. So one is that the reason why we have so much inflation is because of all the stimulus that the Fed and the Congress put into the economy to combat the pandemic. 
and they 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 threw in trillions and trillions of dollars way way more than was needed so now we have this massive amount of money in the economy and when you have a lot of money chasing after a limited supply of goods and services what happens to the price of those goods and services it goes way up that's called inflation so how do you get rid of inflation well you drain the tub you get the money out of the system well the problem from the standpoint of the people who think that things are going to go badly is that there's a lot the consumer has a ton of money and they don't seem to be affected by this inflation if you look at the consumer uh, spending it's it's still doing fine so why because they got money they got all those stimulus checks they got all that all that money and so as long as the consumer stays engaged the stock market and the equity markets and profits should be okay and so there are studies that show that, uh, you know, the, the consumer has about a year's worth of spending still in their pocket. And therefore, that'll hold the markets up and everything will be fine and everybody just needs to calm down. Now, the reverse of that is the train of thought that says that we are looking at circumstances very similar to what happened in, 19, in the early 80s, 81, 82, where you have an oil price shock, right? So exactly what happened this time. And you have a... Um, Fed that is fighting inflation, you have massive inflation, and we have the ex as high inflation now as we did then, and you have a Federal Reserve that decides to get engaged and try to kill inflation by raising interest rates. Guess what, kids? That's what's happening now. And what the Fed back then realized, they, they kept raising and raising and raising interest rates, and to slay that monster was very difficult. It was, it was very determined, inflation was. And so now you hear uh, uh, Federal Reserve Chairman Powell, he said uh, just a, a few days ago, that uh, 50 basis points is on the table now, and now the Fed's even talking about a 75 basis point rise. So now they're talking, the Fed is actually talking about being even more aggressive than they were talking about before. So basically, they're, they're, if their primary objective is to kill inflation, then they're going to make the economy potentially very sick by raising interest rates so fast. And what happened in 1982 was we had a very, very severe bear market and a severe recession because of what the Fed was doing to get rid of inflation. So which one's it going to be? Is, so this is a battle right now between the consumer and the amount of money they have in their pocket because of all the stimulus and the Federal Reserve that wants to kill off inflation and raises the cost of everything, which makes consumers have to spend more for everything, drains the tub faster. So if the consumer turns off, if they do it too fast, then that could cause a significant recession and uh, we could have a big bad bear market. So which way will it go? You know, I have a crystal ball in my office. It's about the size of a tennis ball. I haven't found the on switch for it yet. I've looked all over it. There's no on switch for the stupid thing. I wish there was. Uh, so because I don't have a crystal ball that works, <laughs> I have one that looks good, but it's, 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 not, uh, it's actually a tennis ball. Uh, you think it's a softball? Okay, softball. But anyway, um, it is because I don't know which way things are going to go. As a planner, what I need to do is have a strategy that works both ways. And our investor protect strategy is designed to participate in the stock market, in the equity markets, to an unlimited amount. As high as the markets want to go, we want to ride right with it. But then if it turns south and becomes terrible, then we want to get out and protect against that. That's why it's called invest and protect. And so that's what I would suggest for somebody who is thinking about all this stuff, because we don't know which way it's going to go. The Federal Reserve could engineer what they're calling a soft landing. Everything could go beautifully. I doubt it. 
they haven't shown that they're able to do that yet. They're behind the curve. They made a lot of mistakes. They're human. So here's what I encourage you to do. Go to our website. It's rpoa.com. When you're there, you have lots of things you can do. One is you can attend one of our uh, seminars. We've just got a whole new series of seminars that I think you'll find very, very educational, have ideas on Social Security, on whether you can retire or not, uh, the amount of risk you should take, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff like where you get your money when you're retired, how to get income, all of that. Or alternatively, if you'd want to go directly to the source, you can click on Meet with an Advisor. And if you do that, we'll sit down with you virtually or in person, and we'll help you build your retirement plan. We have what's called a Retirement Cash Flow Plan, RCFP, and we'll build that with you and help you to see the future uh, projecting. We'll do what-if analysis, and we'll help you in that regard. So go to our website. Take advantage of the resources that we have available to you to enjoy that second childhood without parental supervision. So it's rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. Okay, so rpoa.com. OA.com. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to diversify your portfolio. Stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. Uh, and we are back. This is Money Matters with Ken Morayf, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morayf. Thank you, Jack. And I am Senior Retirement Planner and Founder of Retirement Planners of America. And uh, we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning, which means that we work with the most wonderful people in the entire universe. That's people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. And if that's you, then guess what? You're one of the most wonderful people in the universe. Look in the mirror. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Ooh la la. Yeah, look in the mirror. Feel good about yourself. You are about to embark on your retirement. We call that your second childhood without parental supervision. It's time to go play, have fun, enjoy the fruits of your labor. You've worked hard for it. And uh, as a firm, that's what we want to do. We want to help facilitate that. We want to help get you to retirement if you're within reach. And uh, we also want you to uh, stay retired once you do retire and uh, enjoy your, your time. And so all that we do is around that. Our website is rpoa.com. And by the way, you can podcast a show on all the major streaming services. Uh, you can uh, you can sign up for our market alert video we send out once a week that gives our thoughts on what we think is going on. Um, you can attend our videos, uh, read our articles. There's all kinds of content on there, all designed to help you to have that second childhood without parental supervision. So our, our website is rpoa.com. Now, what we've been talking about uh, over the last several weeks is how you go about uh, designing or creating your retirement plan. And so we are on step four this week. So let me just uh, review steps one, two, and three. And by the way, since we podcast a show, if you want to get some in-depth about first the first three steps, just go back and listen to the podcast and you can get that. So the first one is to set your goals. So that's the first step. And sometimes that's not as easy as it sounds, but we want to set realistic goals. The second thing is, once we know what your goals are, then the second step is to figure out where you are now. And that's an important thing, and it's not as easy as it sounds. It requires some homework and some, uh, some analysis. The third step is then to determine how much risk you should take to accomplish the goals that you want to make. And so that's step number three. Now, step number four is what we're going to talk about today. Once you have determined the amount of risk appropriate for you, then you want to construct a portfolio that has a high probability of giving you the return that you need to, to satisfy your goals. Cool. It's very cool, as a matter of fact. So everybody is uh, different. Everybody's risk profile is different, you know, depending on uh, what your goals and how old you are, how much money you have, all that kind of stuff. Every single person is a different person. And so to figure out what yours is, 
you know, requires uh, us to meet with you personally and talk about that. And as I said, if you want to do that with us, our website is rpoa.com, and you can click on Meet with an Advisor. Uh, what we do uh, is called an RCFP, a Retirement Cash Flow Plan. And through that, we can help determine how much risk, and therefore, we can after that, we can go over what kind of portfolio we, we think would be appropriate for you. So now, the mix of what's in your portfolio is going to be determined by, in our view, by the amount of risk that's appropriate for you. Okay, so what I'm going to go through with you are the component parts of a portfolio that we, sh that we think you should have uh, if you're within five years of retirement or if you're already retired. And the, the, how much you have in each one of these ingredients, if you will, in each one of these pieces uh, is determined by your risk profile. Okay, and I'll explain as I go. So we believe that there's, there are four major categories of diversification. The first one is U.S. stocks. That's companies that are denominated here in the United States. The second uh, category is international stocks. These are foreign uh, countries. Uh, and then the third is U.S. bonds. This would be U.S. government bonds and high-yield bonds, corporate bonds. And then the fourth category is uh, international bonds, established foreign country bonds and emerging market bonds. Uh, and then actually there's another category which sometimes is the best one, and that's called cash. <laughs> so let's start with uh, U.S. stocks. So within U.S. stocks, there are four component parts in our view. The first one is large cap value, and the second is large cap growth. So large companies that are value-oriented, meaning they, they're dividend-producing, that kind of thing. They're kind of more stable. Uh, and then growth-oriented are companies like Amazon and those that are growing rapidly, although I think Amazon may be transitioning into a value stock at this point. Uh, and then the next two are small cap value and small cap growth. And the interesting thing about those, even though they are all stocks, equities, they tend to behave differently in different uh, economic environments. You may hear that you know, this value is doing better than growth right now or vice versa. And depending on the cycle, that's when one does better or worse. Well, that's why diversification in our view says you should have both value and growth and large and small companies. Then we go to the international uh, uh, equities, and you have two kinds there. You have established foreign countries like Europe, Australia, Japan, Canada, etc. And then you have the emerging markets like South America, Africa, you know, China, Central America, etc. So those are more risky. Uh, and so therefore, you probably want to have a smaller allocation to that. But nevertheless, we believe that should be in your portfolio. Now you go over to your bond side. And by the way, uh, right now, bonds are a very risky proposition. So if you have bonds in your portfolio, I would highly recommend you talk with one of our retirement planners about that. Uh, we think we're headed into some very, very rocky times when it comes to bonds. But be that as it may, um, in the U.S. bond market, there's, uh, there are bonds that are denominated that are backed by the full faith and credit of the United States Treasury, the, the, our printing press. Uh, and then you also have high-yield bonds, which are, are corporate bonds that invest in uh, – that are U.S. Uh, 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 companies that are issuing bonds. So those make up the U.S. bond component. And then you have the international bonds, which are, again, established foreign countries and emerging markets in the bond category. Now, so what you have there is the different component parts. So it's like, you, it's like a recipe, right? You're making a pie, and you got so much sugar and so much apple and so much flour and all this kind of things to make your, your recipe. Now, how much you have in each one of the categories I've just outlined for you will be determined, in our view, by how much risk is appropriate for you. 
So the more aggressive and the, the, the more risk your, your, your is appropriate for you, the, the higher the, ca the percentages would be on the equity side and the lower they would be on the bond side and, and vice versa. Now, having said all of that, there are times when maybe it's best to be in cash. You know, throughout 2008, for example, um, we sold all of our equities in, in November of 2007. We told our clients to get out of all equities, and uh, we stayed in cash basically through the whole year of 2008. Now, and, and it wasn't until June of 2009, actually, before uh, our buy signal came. So there are times when that last category, cash, is king. And, uh, you know, it doesn't pay you a lot. But as uh, Benjamin Franklin once said, a penny saved is a penny earned. So if you, if you don't lose massive quantities, then that's the same as having made massive quantities uh, as, as we see it. So those are the categories. You can listen to this all again by podcasting the show if you'd like. Uh, we have that posted. But uh, once we've determined your risk profile, we can help to determine what percentage each one of those categories should represent in your portfolio. Okay? I'm glad we had this talk. I am too. So speaking of what I just said, if you go to our website, it's rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. And if you uh, click on meet with an advisor, we would love to sit down and go through this exercise with you. No charge or obligation. Okay. So if we can help you, fantastic. And if not, we'll tell you that too. Either way, uh, we will part friends. So uh, uh, do that. It's rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about social security strategies number four. So stay tuned. This is uh, Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. We are back. This is Money Matters with Ken Morayf. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morayf. Thank you, Jack. And I am senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. And, you know, we were just listening to that theme song there. And, you know, on this show, we like our bonds shaken and not stirred. All those other shows, you know what they do? They stir their bonds. James would not approve. I'm telling you. I've seen it. It's not pretty. So, anyway, we are back. I am the host. Sorry about this. I know it's a bit silly. It's completely silly. We try to have more fun than a human being should be allowed to have when talking about all this boring financial stuff. And uh, this week, I think, is no exception. We've had a lot of boring stuff to talk about. And uh, our firm is Retirement Planners of America. We uh, specialize in retirement planning, which means that we work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. And if that is you, then our website is rpoa.com. You can go there. You can podcast this show. Uh, you can watch videos. You can read articles. we got all kinds. Of, you can attend seminars. We have a brand new seminar we just uh, uh, released a, just a little bit ago on retirement planning in uncertain times. I would say that fits. Uh, we have all kinds of information on our website. So it's rpoa.com. Now, you know what? This is the time of the show where we talk about social security strategies and uh, – we, I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, to send me your questions, and I will do my best to answer them. And if it's too hard, then I just won't even use your question. Okay? So that's uh, – what do you – What do you, Jack, I don't want to look bad in front of the audience. I got to look good. Oh, you want me to have hard questions? No. I went easy. All right. Anyway, let's start off with this one. Uh, let's see here. So uh, this is from Mary, and she says, I, uh, I, if I start my benefits at age 70 – can I switch to my husband to half of my husband's benefit once my husband starts his retirement benefits? My spousal benefit, half of my husband's, is larger than my own retirement benefit on Social Security. So can I do that? Well, the answer is yes. However, just to be clear, you're going to get half of your 
the, the half that we're talking about here is not half of the benefit and all that. It's half of what he would have gotten at age 66, not your 70. So you've got to do the math on that. It's going to be less than what you think, but still more than what you're getting, all right, what you would get. All right, so that's the first question. Okay, question number two. Uh, I turned uh, 62 in June of 2016. Um, I have not filed yet, and my husband and I are past the April deadline. Uh, we wanted to file early to start her benefits at 62 because she didn't file before April 29th. Can I file a restricted application for spousal benefits when he turns 66? Okay, I think you're, there's some confusion here. The April deadline doesn't apply to this situation. The April 29 deadline applies to the now, it's not even available anymore. It's called the file and suspend loophole. So you're actually not talking about file and suspend. You're talking about the restricted application. Uh, when your husband turns 66, he can file a restricted application for his spousal benefit. However, the, that, you have to wait until he's 66, so you can't file right now anyway. All right, so that's a little bit of a complicated one. See, Jack, you wanted a complicated one, you got one. I don't even know what I just said then. That was so complicated, I even confused myself. So, <laughs> all right, we got time for one more. Um, I'm 67, and uh, I filed when I was 62. My full retirement age benefit is $2,500. My wife is now 67. She has not filed and plans to wait until 70 to do so. She should have filed a restricted application for her spousal benefit at age. Wow, we're getting some restricted application questions here for spousal at age 66, so that she could collect $1,250, half of mine. Can she go to Social Security now, file a restricted application for spousal benefit, and collect her six months of missed benefits? And the answer is yes, yeah, she can. That's a, this is a very good question. Well done. <laughs> so. Yes, she can, because they do give you back six months of what you could have gotten if you didn't get it. So that's actually a true statement. Now, the thing that I hope I illustrated there, I hope I answered the questions, number one. But number two, I hope I illustrated to you that Social Security is extremely complicated. There are so many rules, and if you are not versed in it, if you don't know what you're doing, you could leave tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table. Seriously, if you, if you leave 300 bucks a month on the table over your lifetime, that could be $100,000. So making that decision correctly, I think, is very important. And the issue is that if you make the wrong decision and after a year goes by, you can't go back and change your mind. You're stuck with it for the rest of your life. So you got to think about it first. Make sure you plan ahead. You do it right. Make the best decision possible up front. Now, how do you do that? Well, our retirement planners are versed in that. We train them in it. We actually have them take a test once a year to, to make sure they're up to speed on everything. We want to be able to answer those questions for you, be knowledgeable, and do it in a hands-on way. We want to do it with you so it's not some computer-generated model or whatever. So if you go to our website, it's, it's uh, rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. Click on Meet with an Advisor, and what we'll do is we'll schedule a time to visit with you. Now, when we visit with you, we don't want to just look at Social Security all by itself because we have to understand your entire financial picture so as to be able to build what's appropriate for you when it comes to your Social Security. We have to take into account age, health, 
disparity in incomes, all that kind of stuff is important. Your income tax bracket. So we got lots of things that we need to build into figuring out when and how is the best way to take Social Security. So go to our website, rpoa.com, and take advantage of that. So we're going to take a break now. So when we come back, we're going to talk about buy-hold myth number one, which says, hey, the market always comes back. Don't worry about it. Well, stay tuned. We will debunk that one for you. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. And we are back. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. Thank you, Jack. And I am senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. You're on it today. And uh, we're a firm that specializes in retirement planning, which means we work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. And if that's you, then our firm is designed for you. Our This uh, this show is designed to help you. We, we, we have two goals for you. One is we want your money to last as long as you do. So we, as we always say, we're not here to make you rich quick. We're here to help you to not become poor. And secondly, we want you to have financial peace of mind. We want you to go play. We want you to have fun. We want you to enjoy your second childhood without parental supervision. And if we can do that for you, then we've done a good thing, we feel. So our website is rpoa.com. We have, uh, you can podcast this show. You can subscribe to our market alert video that we put out every week. It's short and sweet. Tells you what we think about what's going on in the markets. Uh, also, you can attend our seminars. You can visit with a retirement planner. Lots and lots of content and lots of resources available to you on our website, rpoa.com. So this segment, I want to talk with you about our foundational philosophy of, of managing money for our clients. And that is that, yes, you should buy. That's important because if you don't buy any investments, then you don't have anything that can, can work for you. Uh, we want you also to uh, – we also believe that holding is a, is a good idea. And what we mean by hold is maintaining you know, the, the uh, portfolio, rebalancing it, you know, kind of pruning the garden, making sure the weeds are out and all of that and taking care of the garden. But then we also believe that that's – incomplete. We believe there's a third step, which is that you should sell. So yes, you should buy. Yes, you should Yes, you should hold. But also, you should sell in our view. There are times when getting out and protecting yourself from big, bad downs is, we believe, important. You're a persistent cuss, Pilgrim. I am, Duke. <laughs> now, if you're old enough to re recognize that voice, then this is the show for you. You're in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so we believe that, uh, uh, and our strategy is called invest and protect, which means that yes, you should invest, but you should also, there are times when you should go into protection mode. And so right now, for sure, you should be looking, in our view, at protection mode when it comes to your bonds. If you have bonds in your portfolio, you've probably been looking at them and thinking, my goodness, what's going on there? Okay, well, uh, you should talk with us about that because we have some very uh, definitive ideas on that. Uh, but also, our belief system is with regard to stocks as well. You should have a time when you get out. Now, the counter to that is... I, I've kind of named them. There's there's several of them, and I've called them buy hold myths, and they're in my book buy hold and sell, which uh, was an Amazon bestseller a few years ago, and I encourage you to buy it because it'll hopefully educate you, but also all the proceeds we get from that go to charity, uh, and so in my book I have buy hold myth number one, which I'm sure you've heard is you're a long term investor, don't worry about it. You know the market always comes back. You're just don't worry. It's okay. Well, 
the market, there's, a, there's an expression that says that the market can remain irrational longer than you can remain solvent. <laughs> so it may come back, but you may be insolvent by the time it does. And that's the problem. Now, the idea that the market always comes back has built into it the component, I guess, that you do not sell any of that while you're, you're not living on it. In other words, you're allowing it to come back. The problem with that is that if you are living on it, if you're taking money out while your investments are falling in value, then that's not a good combination. And, you know, we call that, uh, what farmers call that is eating your seed corn. And if you eat enough of your seed corn when growth season comes, guess what? You may not have enough seed to plant anymore. And, you know, the other part of this uh, whole idea about you're a long-term investor and, uh, you know, that uh, the markets always come back. The problem with that also is for those of you who are, uh, you know, long-term investor is not how long you've got to live in our view. Okay, so let's say you're 60 years old. Are you a long-term investor or not? It depends, in our view, on when you're going to access your money. Because if you retire and you're going to start drawing money on a monthly basis, you're not a long-term investor anymore because you're accessing your money now. Now, if you're 25 years old and you're not going to touch your money for another 40 years, then, yeah, you're a long-term investor. So this whole notion about you're a long-term investor and, you know, stay the course, you may not live long enough to see it come back for you. And by the way, if you think I'm exaggerating, go back to the Great Depression. The Great Depression, the, 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 the Dow Jones actually took 25 years to get back to even. 25 years. I suspect not too many of us want to wait 25 years to come back. Japan has not gotten back to where it was in 1989. It's never recovered to the peaks that it was at before. Now, you're saying, well, that's Japan. That's not the United States. Well, if you look at Y2K, it took till 2007 to get back to even, seven years. But then guess what happened? 2008 came along and bam, took till 2013, took six years to get back from that peak. So do you have six years, seven years, 25 years while you're living on your money to wait for the comeback to happen? I dare say most of you do not. And even if you do have that time, the stress, you know, one of our directives for that, that we've imposed on ourselves for our clients is we want our clients to have peace of mind well if you've lost a bunch of your money and now you're living on it and you're taking that out at the same time i don't think that's a recipe for peace of mind at all so our philosophy is yes you should buy yes you should hold but also you should sell so invest and protect now if you want to learn more about that you can go to our website uh you can sign up we have seminars that we just we have brand new ones and i gotta warn you in advance I have the worst haircut in the history of my haircuts, okay? Because of the pandemic and all that, I've kind of been doing my own haircuts, and I've been pretty good at it, but that right before that seminar, I kind of messed it up. <laughs> so if you want to get a good laugh, just go watch the seminar just to see my hair. Stop whining. <laughs> hey, Jack, you don't know how important my hair is to me, okay? <laughs> and I'm not whining. Anyway. Uh, at, at the seminar, you'll learn about Social Security, when and how. We have strategies for that. We talk about five ways to reduce your income taxes. We talk about how to determine how much risk you should take, how to calculate if you have mo enough money to retire on. Once you retire, where do you get your income from? We have tons and tons of great, I think, information in, in that seminar. So it's, uh, you can register for it. It's free for those of you that are over 50 on our website, which is rpoa.com. 
I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Well, uh, let me talk about that. Yes. We also have the ability for you to meet with one of our retirement planners. So if you go to the, our website and click on meet with an advisor, we'll sit down with you. We'll build a retirement cash flow plan with you. No charge or obligation. If we can help you, we want to. And if we can't, that's fine too. Either way, there's no charges, no obligation, and we always part friends. So our website is rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have our estate tip of the week, which is going to be on the living trust. Do you need one? Do you not? Stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. This is Money Matters with Ken Morayf, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morayf. Thank you, Jack. And I am senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. And uh, we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So we work with the most wonderful people in the entire universe. We work with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. Wow! Yes, that's a big wow. And we are so thankful. We work with over 6,000 beautiful, wonderful families in, uh, in, in almost every state in the union. And, uh, you know, we'd love to help you as well. Our website is rpoa.com. And if you go there, you can podcast this show. You can uh, uh, subscribe to our Market Alert video. We send that out weekly. Uh, you can attend our seminars. You can do all kinds of stuff. So I encourage you to go there. It's rpoa.com. So this is the part of the show where we talk about how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor. And uh, that, of course, is called estate planning. And by the way, do not email me about me having just insulted your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs, okay? Because whether you like to think of it or not, they are greedy, they are unwashed, <laughs> and they are undeserving, okay? Just take my word for it. Anyway, uh, so I want to talk with you this week about the living trust, okay? And so this is, I think, the most oversold, under-needed estate planning document ever devised by lawyers. But before we do that, Jack, can you play it? I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire and of course, that is Tony Bennett with rags to riches. And you know, the estate taxes and probate and all that kind of stuff, it's actually designed to do the exact opposite. It's designed to take you from riches to rags. And we do not want that to happen to you. So every week at this time, we have our estate tip of the week. So as I mentioned, we are going to talk now about the living trust. So let's start off with what is a living trust. So essentially, a living trust, in, in my view, is a substitute for your will. It's like a more advanced version of your will. So from that standpoint, it does what your will does also. It says who gets it, when they get it, how they get it. It does all of that just like the living trust does. Okay, so it's just a will substitute. So the question you may th ask, well, then why do I need it? Well, let's talk about first what it does not do. Because I've heard people say that it's going to save you on your income taxes or it's going to save you on your taxes. The living trust actually assumes your social security number. It does not it's, – it's a pass-through entity, which means that it doesn't save you one thin dime of income taxes. There's no ta income tax savings. Now, 
there potentially are estate tax savings because you can write into the living trust, you know, these these planning things that you want to put in there that could potentially reduce your estate taxes. But you can do that with a will as well. So there's really that language can be in both. So from that standpoint, we're still the same place. So you don't need, in in our in our view, a, a living trust to save on estate taxes because you can put that same language in your will without having the living trust. So. Having said all of that, then why have the living trust? So the reason why is because living trusts can help to avoid probate. And probate can be, in some states, a very arduous, expensive, time-consuming process. And it can be very expensive in some states. So you may want to avoid those expenses, and therefore having a living trust can help do that. That ought to keep the little squirts happy. Yeah, squirts don't like paying lots of probate fees. <laughs> now, the other thing that it also can do is if you have a Brady Bunch family, uh, you know, where you have his and her children and that kind of thing, and you want to be sure that it's properly divided out and all that, it can help in that regard because you can establish that in advance. The other thing that uh, a living trust can do is it keeps your affairs private. Because a, a will is a public document. It's filed down at the courthouse, and you can go down. There's like a library where you can get a reference book. You can sit there, and I want to know what the Joneses had and how much they left and who they left it to. You can go basically just check it out and, and uh, read through it if you want. I remember years ago I had a client who lived out in a small, uh, small town. The husband died, and, and the, the wife noticed that about 10 people – had, had looked over their will. They all wanted to see what old Doc had left and what he left it to, because he's one of the richest guys in town, apparently. So if your privacy is an important thing for you, then uh, a living trust can, can go a long way towards doing that. The other thing that, that a living trust can help do, and of course nothing is perfect, but it makes it very difficult, is if you're concerned about contestation. So if you think that somebody's going to contest your will, you, you're leaving a family member out, or you're disproportionately leaving money to people, or you do whatever it is that you're going to do. If you're concerned that that the, the family or that person is going to sue and say, you know, that's not what we wanted, what they wanted, it's unfair, whatever else. If you want to avoid that contestation, when you create a living trust, it's such a proactive move. You've paid an attorney, you've sat down, you've planned it out, you've done all those things. It makes it very, very difficult for somebody to say that you were not of your right mind when you did it. And, or contest it for other reasons. The other thing is, because it's not a public document, it also makes it difficult for people to contest it because they can't see what it said. So there's a lot of value in that if that's for you. For most of our clients, you know, they look at me like, I don't care about all of that stuff, and I'm not so complicated. I don't need a living trust. And, and you know what? Talk to your attorney. Make sure that you do that. But I just wanted to give you the, the I guess, the info so that you can uh, at least know what these things don't do and don't spend uh, two thousand dollars for something that doesn't do what you thought it would so anyway that's our estate tip uh like i said make sure you talk to your professionals before you do that and speaking of doing that go to our website it's rpoa.com and uh, if you go there you can click on meet with an, an advisor and if you do that then one of our retirement planners will visit with you either virtually or in person will help you to look at your estate planning will help you to look at your retirement planning your 401k your social security decisions your income taxes your 
your insurance, all that kind of stuff we want to help you with, no charge or obligation. So oh, take- dear, that's too wonderful to be true. Well, it isn't because it's true, so it's not too wonderful to be true. So go take advantage of it. Our website is rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. All right, the show's over already, Jack. I cannot believe how fast it's gone. I hope you, ladies and gentlemen, have enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed making it for you. We'll see you next week, same time, same channel. Bye-bye, everybody. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned. None of this show's content should be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Sound effects or anecdotes should not be construed as an endorsement of Ken Morave or MMWKM Advisors LLC. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.